Welcome to In Good Company. This isn't a real pod, I guess. Not a real episode. Not a real episode, but I want to interview my co-host and very close friend, Judah McFadden. Get to know him a little bit better, let the audience get to know him a little bit better. Kind of the reason why we're doing this together. Judah, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Where to begin? Yeah, where to begin? I think I want to maybe start by saying, you just finished interviewing me. And I know we didn't talk about this during that, but I want to know, what was your first impression of me when we met? All I remember when we did meet, that was a fun time of my life. We met a long time ago, six years ago, on the same basketball team. Rec uh, League. Rec League, yeah, yeah. I didn't go to Georgetown. Uh, <laughs> Waterboy. Yeah. Uh, we played on the same Rec League in Santa Monica. And yeah, that was just so fun because it was fun to be really competitive again. Did you know um, I was coming at camp? I didn't know who that team was. Mm. I, all I knew was Clipstein put this together. He was um, a mutual friend of ours. Mutual friend of ours. He was a big basketball fan. And he was our coach. Yeah, basically. He's our, po- he's our Popovich. I played with him before, previously, and he was like, you can ball, come ball with us. Mm. And then we did, and that's where you and I met. And we played together, and we were good. We won the Santa Monica Men's League. When I first met you, you were, you were really nice. I didn't know who you were. Mm. I think for like, a, like maybe after we played... Clipstein said something. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. And, but I, I didn't even care. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the funny thing was, like, when that team ended, because it kind of dissolved COVID and everything, we stayed tight still. Yeah, we did. And I couldn't tell you why. Me neither. Like, I don't even know how we, like, went from playing basketball to hanging out. But I think the reason we really got tight, I think it comes, like, movies. Yeah. yeah. We got super tight over it's movies. True. That's what it was. That was Classics like our... in your family are also classics in mine. That was the glue for us was... The guy that's connected for real, like sports aside, it was movies. Because you have good taste, yeah. I have good taste. But like, who knows what heavyweights is? Who knows Hook like we do? Yeah. yeah, movies for sure were a big thing. That's true. Which got us tight, which still is. We talk about movies Weekly. all the time. I think my first impression of you is you were a good shooter. And I think I just thought you were like super nice guy. Like you seemed like a good dude, you know? Tell me more about, because I've always wanted to know, you're from Colorado, I was born in Detroit. I'm a D. I'm a D-town, Oh wow, you're born in Detroit. Born in Detroit. So not even born. In, I thought you was always born in. Colorado. No, so okay. my mom's parents, my mom's side of the family is from Detroit. Yeah. And so two of my sisters were born in Beverly Hills, and then my parents moved to Michigan, had two more sisters, and then me, and then they were sick of my grandparents. I think I don't know. And then they moved to Colorado, and my brother was born there. So that so was a family a, of six. Six, four older sisters and a little brother. Was your childhood? Mm-hmm. But how, yeah, I grew up in Colorado. How was that being raised mostly amongst women? Oh, yeah. Is your brother yeah. the youngest kid? Mm-hmm. Right. So it was basically you being raised by your four sisters and your mom. Yep. My you dad know. was working all the time. Right. Not home a whole lot. Great. My dad's awesome. Yeah. They had six kids at my age. And I feel like during that era, like I feel like men were gone all the time working. Like 80s, 90s, like men were just gone. Yeah, it's not like nowadays. There's no stay-at-home dads. In the yeah, no stay-at-home dads. What was that dynamic like? With a big family? Well, just, I mean, I mean, four sisters. I feel like that's a, a lot. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot. And I think that's maybe why we're all in the arts now. When you have that many kids, you don't do a whole, like, we're not going to crazy outings and going to do all this stuff. We were so creative at home. We had a balcony over our living room, and we put plays on for our parents who would sit in the living room. So did your sisters inspire you? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, what's funny is they, they, were, they were just creative. Like, in the 90s, we didn't have iPads. We didn't have computers. There wasn't like, oh, I can just, my kid's bored, boom, screen for four hours. No, my sisters found ways to be creative. Women are so smart. They develop faster than men. 
you know, and so you're having to deal with so much change across all four of your sisters at different times. Did you feel like you had to protect, you know, that, you know, the older brother's a protector, but mm-hmm. you also like protect your sisters. Like how did that work with, with their boyfriends? Were you oh, like, my. I mean, four sisters, you know, Dude, playing I, the field. That's a tale as old as time was they would date a guy and I knew the guy was not great for them, but I'm the little brother. Right. So I'd be like, Taylor, this guy's not good. For you. He's got gauges. He's a skateboarder. He's not going to end well. And she'd be like, what do you know? You're my little brother. I'm your older sister. And I'm like, eight months later, exactly what I thought would happen would happen. And I'd be like, told you. And like, you don't know anything. But I did. Half the guys they would date, I'd be like, I know what you want. I'm not even gone through puberty yet, but I know what you want. And sure enough, they would never listen to me. I'm the little brother. That dynamic has changed since we became adults. I was asked this question the other day with when I was with this doctor. He's like, what's the most important thing in your life? Your home, car, like without even thinking, I was like, my family is mm-hmm. the single most important thing to me. I would do anything for my siblings and my parents. So from childhood, you were always what? Acting or you in the sports? I was the athlete in the family. I was like pretty much the only one. I think my sister Jordan played sports a yeah. little bit. She played softball, but I was always the athlete. And you played high school ball? I did, yeah. Basketball or baseball, football? I played baseball, basketball, and football. And then after my freshman year, it was just basketball. Tri-sport athlete. Yeah, but then just basketball. That was like what I loved. I started playing sports from a very young age, which was kind of my escape from being in the craziness of six kids. I was gone every weekend for a tournament, whether that was football, basketball, baseball. Yeah. And I played hockey and lacrosse a little bit, but I was always gone. Every weekend I was able to like get out and you know, travel and... Yeah, I always love sports. That's something we love connect them. over. I mean, movies aside, we've always connected through sports, and obviously that's how we've met. Did you go to college for sports? I was at Colorado State. I was in Fort Collins for not even a year, and then I was in the Sigma Chi fraternity up there. You were in a fraternity? Yeah. Uh, you don't even, like, Sigma Chi. give me, like, fraternity Sigma bro Chill. vibes. Yeah, I know. Maybe you kind of do. I don't know that I'm, like, unpacking this for the other day, I The other day I had to play this this game. Where you like shake an eight ball and it asks you like your most your cringe era. Yeah. And I was like diamond studded earrings. Ooh, fraternity Judah. Please return. Sigma back. chill. I want I wanna see <laughs> I'll show you the I photo. I want to see diamond studded earrings return. Oh my. I will will throw an image up of me and my fraternity as well as a diamond earring. Just bring it back for the one time, please. They're still pierced. I don't know how I haven't worn them in forever. What was fraternity initiation like? Did you have to do anything Miserable. crazy? Wait, wait, wait. I would be I so know. bad. I think a lot of people who are not in fraternities have never even entertained it or thought about it, like myself and plenty of other people. I hear like these stories. Some of them are horror stories. Some of them are crazy. Like, what is I'll being just in say fraternity? The chapter I was in yeah. is no longer around. Mm. They got kicked off campus. Yeah, Gone. They was on some. Sigma Chi is no longer bullshit. at Colorado State. No way. Gone. Chapter dismembered, like done. Dissolved. Dissolved. Up it to was no good. Nuts. Yeah. But the be- the best thing that happened was uh, we were sober driving. And my buddy Spencer, who you've met, great guy, we had a sober drive as the fraternity. So you get a phone, they call you, pick pe- girls up, sorority girls, whatever. And every time I had to do it, he would ride with me to give you company. And every time he had to do it, I would ride with him. So it was his night driving. And oh, who's this? Spencer, one of my best friends best friends and so he was driving that night we're driving people the whole night we we take this one girl i had to like pick her up she was so drunk and mm. like help her into the car plopped her into her sorority house like knocked on the door she like fell over hammered drunk and then at like 3 45 in the morning we're sitting at a light and i just remember getting a hand on my chest 
and it was Spencer sitting next to me, put his hand on my chest, and then poof, I just remember seeing a headlight in the window, Ooh. and then poof, we just rolled. And we were wearing seatbelts, so it was like being in a washing machine. It was just like, poof. and then we land sideways. We land, I'm looking out my window at concrete, and I look at him, and for some reason the movie Disturbia popped into my mind. Like I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm looking out the window, car sideways, and have you ever seen Disturbia with Shia yeah, LaBeouf? They get hit again. We're in the busiest intersection of Fort Collins, which is actually the number one DUI campus in the country. So we're in the middle of this busy intersection. I was like, we're going to get hit again, is what my, my mind said. So I was like, Spencer. And I was like, you good? And he goes, yeah. We like stand up on my door, get out of the car, and it's the girl we drove home four hours ago. No way. Yeah, going to Taco Bell. They're going 60. Boom. The girl us. you drove home drunk, you literally had a pickup. I'm not going to say her name, but yeah. I Is the one that ended up hitting you guys. Yeah, and apparently her sorority sisters tried to keep her from driving, and she drove through the sorority lawn. They like blocked the driveway, and she drove through the lawn and sped off. I mean, she could have killed you guys. Easily. If she was in a bigger car, we were in like a 4Runner, and she was in like a little BMW. If she was in a car equal our size, going 60, we'd see ya. What are the chances, though? It was wild, man. Did you go to the hospital? Yeah, the next day I did, and I had tons of neck problems, tons of back problems. I was in the hospital for a while. Surgeries? Or? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You had surgeries? Mm-hmm. What, where? On my neck. No way. And I just remember, like, the second, not the second it happened, like, the next day and, the, like, the weeks after... When you almost die, you just reevaluate things. Yeah. You rethink about kind of like what you had, like, next chapter of my life. And I was just like, well, you can just die like that. Yeah. You could just be here one moment and gone the next. Gone. And I remember calling my four sisters because at that point, I just wanted to, like, do finance. I just wanted to make finance, bro. Just wanted to make money. Well, yeah. we never really had it growing up. Yeah. I did yeah. not grow up wealthy. Yeah. So that was one thing my parents, I think, always kind of was hard on them was like not having money. And so for myself, I was like, never going to be a problem for me. I'm never going to deal with that. Mm. So I wanted to make money. But then when that happened, I was like, wait a minute. Do I really just care about that? What do I really want to do? So your trajectory in college, like, I'm going to go to school for business or finance, you know, and go hit the ground running when I, when I graduate. Yeah. I and thought that would make me happy. If that I was going to make you happy. That yeah. was the plan. You, you get in a life-altering experience mm-hmm. where you almost lose your life in an accident. Yep. And it causes you to rethink what you want to do and how you want to live your life. Yeah. Well, I was just like, oh, what you I, could, pursue. I could save up for that, like the American dream. You know what yeah. I mean? The white picket fence <clears throat> in the house right. and, you know, all that. And I was like, I could save up for all that and just die. I could hit by a bus or have a heart attack or whatever, like on my way to a goal that I really don't want. But I had four incredible sisters that all lived in New York City. And they're like, you've always loved movies. And I'm like, whoa, I have always loved movies. And I'm like, have you ever thought about acting? I was like... I've always loved performing. You know, I've always loved entertaining people, doing accents. You are, you're a natural performer. But I've never... As long as I've known you. Well, you are as an athlete. Yeah. You're performing. Performing, In front of 20,000 people every night. It's just a different way of thinking about it. So my sisters were like, maybe you should come to New York City and, you know, see if this is for you. Did you continue schooling after your accident? I remember I told my friends after talking with my sisters, getting counsel from them. When I told my friends, I was like, I think I'm moving to New York City. It's like go to acting school and they were like what dude because it was I mean, well, you graduated was, from dude, acting school instead of like a four you know yeah but like that's four not, year but i didn't get a bachelor's i remember when i decided to even go it was like i knew i was changing the trajectory of my life but you graduated from something you wanted to study which was acting yeah but it was it's still like looking back on it it was a ballsy decision <laughs> you know what i mean, I, mean I was just like absolutely. whoa like absolutely. it was kind of nuts and i remember landing in new york city 
And I was like, I want to, you know, I'm an audition. I want to get into the acting school that I want. Got in, which is crazy. But I would not have made it in New York City without my four sisters. I mean, and now you're like opposite frat boy wearing Harley t-shirts, riding motorcycles across the country. Totally different. <laughs> totally different. New York was incredible for me. Yeah. Acting school was therapy for things that, that you said with your physical, or what'd you call it? Your sports psychologist. Mm-hmm. Acting was therapy for me. When I got into class and they put you through these exercises, I learned things about who I was as a person. It was, yes, performing, learning how to act. Acting is learning how to use every part of you. And how long were you in New York? Three years. So that was your college? Yeah. That was your version? Yeah. Acting. It was incredible. Being in NY. Yeah, and then I had that moment. My sister Jordan and I had that moment where we were like, we want to make movies. Yeah. Where do you make movies? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. I got really lucky when I when I moved here. I was able to be in this short film like right away, which ended up opening up some doors. That's awesome. And little things led to other things. Because I feel like you've experienced a lot and what a typical actor would experience, highs and lows, getting some work, and then going years without work, mm-hmm. you know, the inconsistencies with auditioning. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. lucky if you even get an audition. How does that play a part on, I guess, your your spirit? I think, and this is something I tell other people that want to be actors, would you do it for free forever? Mm. If your answer is no, then do something else. I'll I'll act forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or yeah. however how long it takes. You meet some people and you're like, why are you doing this? Why do you want to do this? I know why I want to do it. I want to make movies that inspire me the same way I was inspired as a kid. Yeah. Simple as that. And if I make one of those, great. If I make a bunch of them, really great. But I just want to make cool movies. And yeah, I mean, a close friend of mine said Los Angeles is an endurance race. I mentioned that to you before, but it's one of those cities where, you know, people come and go. And you come for a year, you come from two years, you get discouraged, it's not working out. And you leave when you should have maybe have doubled down and leaned in further. And maybe that breakthrough is right around the corner for you. You know, it's an endurance race, man. You just got to keep on enduring because L.A. is tough. It's competitive. But, you know, if you keep putting yourself in the right position, I feel like doors and opportunity will find you. And they have. Yeah. You yeah, know? absolutely. With the few projects that, you know, coming out next year and this, that kind of, if this isn't working, figure it out. And that turned into writing. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a script. I'd never written a script before, but I did. <laughs> it's pretty good, and I'm making it next year, yeah. which led into write, writing another one. So when I did start writing, it opened up a different kind of creative flow and energy, which I really liked. I ended up writing poetry. I have a whole poetry Instagram page. Yeah. It opened up a new thing that I really enjoyed, and like you said, I just want to create stuff. Just across the board, it's never too late. I think people get so pressured by other people's version of what you should be doing with your life at this age and that age. And I feel like that's a perfect example. It's never too late to do what you want to do or pick up a new hobby or move to New York. Yeah, you just, you kind of have to know that it's gonna, there's going to be ups and downs with it, but you're capable of anything. Yeah. And I, I don't know who the, the quote's by, but it's like, your world changes when you realize it was created by people just like you and me. And your mm. favorite filmmakers at one point had favorite filmmakers. And the people that have podcasts that we really like, they had a first episode. You know what I mean? Like, it's all created by people no smarter than us. I would love to make movies. I would want to walk down the street, similar to like when Bradley Cooper made A Star is Born. Someone stopped him on the street and was like, yo, I saw your movie and I stopped drinking. Like, if you could tell me I could make one really impactful movie or like seven popcorn action movies, I want to make that one. I want to make that Goodwill Hunting. Respect that. What are some of your favorite movies? 
Braveheart and Gladiator. I know that. Top of the... <laughs> I already know that. You know, they're like my favorite. Like You quote... I feel like you quote one of those two movies weekly. Dude, Braveheart? Yeah. Every man dies, but not every man truly lives. <laughs> it's like one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> what are your... What are some of the hobbies? I'm obsessed with motorcycles. Just Love... Every, I mean, you know, everyone tries to, like, you need to get rid of that Harley, you ride that Harley too I'm much. one of them. I love it, and I'm, I'm never going to get rid of it. If anything, I'm going to add to it and get eight of them. It's so freeing. It's, like, one of my favorite. Okay, you want to talk about, like, now's the time, do it type thing? I remember I shot this movie, and I had a little bit of money from it. I was like, I'm buying a Harley. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, you're going to buy a Harley. And I bought it, and I rode that thing every single day. And it gave me the, the exact feelings I thought it would be, which is just freedom. Four wheels move the body, two wheels move the soul. And it's so true. 